Welcome to Sparks of History, where world history and Jewish history meet. We are very, very pleased to have with us today Professor Andrew Borwancher, Wick Carey Associate Professor at the University of Oklahoma. And from 2020 through this year, the Ernest May Fellow at Harvard's Belfer Center. Professor Porwancher's books include The Devil Himself, A Tale of Honor and Sanity, and The Birth of Modern America. And today we will be discussing the Jewish world of Alexander Hamilton from Princeton Press, 2021, a incredibly fascinating accounts of one of the great founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, and his Jewish connection. Uh, Professor Jonathan Sarna of Brandeis University uh, claimed that, that this book, um, which I purchased on Amazon and urge all our visitors and listeners to simply go on, click of a button, delivered straight to your home. Um, Professor Sarner called the book a major contribution to our understanding both of Hamilton and of Jews in the early American Republic. Um, again, thank you very much, uh, Professor, for being with us. And let's get started. Your, your backgrounds and how you became interested in Alexander Hamilton. Sure. Well, first, let me just say thank you so much for having me. It's really a privilege to be able to chat with you, to be able to speak to your viewership. So I'm really thrilled to be here and talk about Alexander Hamilton and his ties to the people and faith of Judaism. To your question, I first became interested in this topic in 2011 when I started teaching constitutional history at the University of Oklahoma because I teach in a constitutional studies program. And Hamilton is such an iconic figure in the history of American constitutionalism. And at first, my interest was really just in Hamilton at large. And as a teacher, I love to bring in biographical details of the historical figures about whom I'm teaching. My hope is that by bringing in those personal histories, it can help make something like the Federalist Papers seem to students less of a bloodless abstraction and more of a flesh and blood artifact of humanity. And in digging into the details of Alexander Hamilton's history, I found that he was born in the Caribbean to a woman named Rachel Levine, and she enrolled him in a Jewish school where he began to study Torah in the original Hebrew. And all of these details struck me as rather curious. And for several years, I ruminated on these details. And I had other book projects under contract that I was obliged to first, but uh, finally, in early 2015, the deck was cleared and I was able to indulge this curiosity of mine. And I got a grant to go down to the Caribbean and start digging through archives in the islands of Hamilton's youth. And that sent me down a rabbit hole that lasted the better part of a decade and ultimately culminated with the publication of this book last year. The major thesis of the book, um, briefly, just the, the main arguments that you so cogently bring uh, connecting Hamilton to Judaism, the Jewish faith. There are two elements to this book. The first is a genealogical argument, a claim that is admittedly probabilistic, probabilistic based on the fragmentary nature of the historical record, a claim that suggests that Hamilton 
in all likelihood was born and raised Jewish in the Caribbean islands of his youth. The second part of the book is about a analysis of how an understanding of Hamilton's origins informs our appreciation of his American adulthood. Hamilton in his American years never breathes a word about a Jewish background, much less identifies as Jewish. And yet Hamilton cultivates a closer relationship with the American Jewish community than any other American founder. And this at a time when anti-Semitism was often wielded as a political cudgel. Going back uh, to the origins, what was the Caribbean Jewish community like at that time in the 1750s, 40s, 60s? What community was there there? So much of scholarship on Jewish history is focused on the history of Europe, uh, Israeli studies, and coming in distant third place would be American Jewish history. And the Caribbean Jewish history is largely given short shrift, and yet there's an incredibly rich story of the Jewish past in the Caribbean, particularly in the 18th century, uh, particularly at the time that Alexander Hamilton is born and raised. The West Indies are the center of Jewish life in the Western Hemisphere at that time. There were more Jews living on a single Dutch island in the Caribbean than in the entire continent of North America. Some islands, 40% of the free population was Jewish. On Hamilton's home island of Nevis, where he's born and raised for the first 11 years of his life, it's 25% Jewish. As I like to joke with my grandma, who lives in South Florida, these aren't Boca Raton numbers, but they're respectable. What upbringing did you discover that Alexander Hamilton received in the Caribbeans as, as a young man? So the argument really starts as any argument about Jewish identity with a mother. Hamilton's mother, Rachel, is not born Jewish, but she marries a Danish merchant in the Danish West Indies named Johann Michael Levine. And some Hamilton historians dispute the idea that Levine was Jewish. I make the case in favor of Levine's Jewish identity based on a number of details about his life, including the fact that Hamilton's own grandson explicitly identifies him as a, quote, rich Danish Jew. Now, Rachel marries Johann and bears him a son, Peter Levine, a year after their wedding. And this son, Peter, is not infant baptized, which was universal practice for island Christians. Years later, as an adult, Peter Levine is, uh, undertakes an adult baptism under circumstances that only make sense if he's converting to Christianity. Now, Rachel has a troubled marriage. She ends up fleeing from the Danish West Indies, leaving behind her husband, Johan, and their son, Peter. And she winds up ultimately on the island of Nevis, giving birth to Alexander out of wedlock to a Scottish colonist named James Hamilton. But there are compelling reasons to think that Rachel converted to Judaism to marry Johan and then retains 
this Jewish identity and passes it on to Alexander. For one, if he was Jewish, we would expect to see circumcision uh, or evidence thereof. If he was Christian, we would expect to see a baptism. Unfortunately, there are no extant circumcision records. There are, however, surviving baptismal records, and while they're incomplete, those that we have show no entry for Alexander. But more compelling than that is the fact that Rachel enrolls Alexander in a Jewish school, where, as I mentioned before, he begins rudimentary study of the Torah in the original Hebrew. And we know this because Hamilton tells his children that when he was little, the teacher would put him on a table. So presumably they would be eye level and he would recite to her the 10 commandments in the original Hebrew. And this at a time when we don't have recorded instances of Christian children attending Jewish schools. We have every reason to believe that the Jewish school on Nevis would have only taken in Alexander if they considered him one of their own. And so I'm, I'm condensing seven years of research into a couple of minutes, but this is the, the outline of an argument that there is a strong presumption based on these facts that Alexander Hamilton lived as a Jew in at least some senses of that term for at least some stretches of his life. Was Hamilton familiar later on? Did he show familiarity with the Bible and did he refer to it in his public discourses? That's a great question. I touch on it in the book in part. We find that Hamilton, when he moves to America as a teenager, takes notes on the book of Genesis. And so there's some biblical engagement there. And Hamilton does make reference to God as an active participant in human affairs later in his life. And some historians have described Hamilton as a deist because he's not terribly engaged with organized Christianity. But I think that's a real misreading of Hamilton because his description of an activist God is the opposite of, ha- of the deistic conception of divinity. In fact, Hamilton's conception of God is much more akin to the Judaic notion of God. The idea that um, Hamilton, if Jewish, based on, on the arguments, hid his Jewishness. Um, the answer as to why he hid his Jewishness is? It's a matter for speculation. I suspect that Hamilton abandons a Jewish identity while he's still living in the Caribbean. By the age of 13, his mother has passed away. He's no longer on Nevis, home to the sizable Jewish community that had educated him. He's now living on a Danish Caribbean island called St. Croix, home to a few scattered Jews. His familial and communal ties with Judaism were severed. And it would be unsurprising if a youth as plucky and precocious as Alexander Hamilton did not want to compound his troubles as a penniless orphan with a second-class religious status. And so we have every reason to believe that Hamilton, in the intervening years between his mother's death when he's 13 and when he leaves the Caribbean to come to America at the age of 18, in that intervening period comes to adopt a Christian identity. And he maintains this identity for the rest of his life. For a statesman, 
whose acceptance into the upper echelons of American civic life required at least a nominal pretense to a Christian identity, remaining taciturn about any Jewish roots would have been prudent to say the least. 